What's up, you guys? Welcome to the March 27th edition, man, it's getting late, of the Rotor World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher, getting ready to go over some season long. So if you're listening to this, you're probably either playing Roto or you're in the semis or finals or uh, whatever it is you're doing, you're probably doing pretty well in fantasy. So we'll break this down, what you want to know before you set your lineup. Hoping to do so is Ryan Canas. What's up, man? How are your teams doing? Uh, doing pretty well. I just won a league uh, yesterday. Had the playoffs end pretty early, which I like. I'm a proponent of that. Yeah, so is Kelly. Uh, uh, well, Kelly Olynyk is not actually. Uh, I know. I, sh- I showed you that video where Kelly Olynyk was. Uh, I talked to TMZ, and this is like three weeks ago. And yeah. yeah, he was like, "Oh yeah, you should have your final set like the last week of the season," which is a whole a whole topic for another pod. Like. I mean, how, like, when do you set your lineups, man? And also, a good question from a listener the other day was um, more more of a bonus for winning your regular season, right? If you play head-to-head, I mean, regular season winners, there's so many times you could, your team could just go to crap. Like, I mean, what, what are yeah. your thoughts on that? Sorry I cut you off. No, no. Um, so you're saying, like, if, if you let it run until the very end of the season, yeah. it's just it's just chaos. I mean, yeah. sometimes you could have a dominant team that suddenly your studs get rested. And, yeah. like, sure, you could look ahead and say, okay, this guy's more likely to be rested than right. that guy and factor that into your draft strategy. But it just gets too silly at a certain point in the year. It's just chaos, and I see no need to do it. Yeah, like, it's... I mean, it, it's to, like you said. To, it's to, and I've always been. Don't draft LeBron. I'm, I've firmly been on that team for the reason we said. Like, you know, he's going to get rested late, and this is why Kawhi has always had that. But actually, Kawhi's minutes are up post break for each of the last two seasons, um, which is a whole different thing too. But um, yeah, man, it's it's crazy, and I, I think you need to reward re- regular season winners if you play with yeah. money. Um, but Apparently, yeah, if you're if you're in the late rounds and you want a guy who will never be rested, draft Pat Beverly. <laughs> right? He was he was adamant. He he went off, called it BS to rest yeah. players and a disgrace to the league. And oh my gosh. Yeah, and Stan Van Gundy is also been, and D'Antoni himself and and the Rockets as a team are like, hey, we're not uh, we're not. They apparently have like an agreement with the team that they're not resting guys until mm-hmm. they lock up their seed. But then when they do, and by the way, they are going to lock, they're probably going to be one of the first teams to lock up their positioning. I mean, they have, they can't go up to two. It'd be crazy if they did, or they can't really can't go down to four um, unless, unless they start losing games left and right. Um, actually, we should talk about James Harden's injury super fast. Um, so from what I can tell, he had a bad fall in Denver, fell on his left side, braced himself with his left wrist, and he had some kinesio tape on his wrist on Friday, and then he had more of it on Sunday in the big game against OKC. Um, he said he's going to play, and like I said, they're not going to rest guys. So, um, any, and I am a proud Harden owner. I'm 1-0 in the best of three final for 30 men, and I'm slotting Harden in. Have no choice, obviously. Um, but any concern on Harden on your end? Uh, sounds like he'll be fine. I mean, it was worrisome to see him leave Sunday's game. He took a hard fall late, mm. uh, appeared to aggravate it, and then he left. His hand looked like a like a club. It, it was just you know completely encased in wraps. Um, but he practiced on Monday. Said he's gonna play Tuesday. It's against the Warriors. There's no way he's gonna sit out. Yeah. Uh, so I think it'll be fine. Yeah. So that brings us to our next topic: is game totals for the week. So, really, uh, this is important. I mean, especially in weekly leagues and even not so much, even in, in daily. I mean, if you have three games versus four games, that's, you know, 33% increase for a game total. So, a guy that is a mid round guy going up against a guy as a late round guy um, with an extra game is basically the same thing. 
So Boston, Chicago, Denver, Clippers, Wolves, who ha- and Portland. They ha- P- Wolves and Portland have three this week, and then five next week because of the the whole floor incident from last month. Um, so I mean, there's you just it, there's really not a lot of analysis. We can't go over every player from those teams, but yeah, just think about it. I mean, you got and you got to factor in rest too. The thing is, Boston they're not resting guys. Chicago's not resting guys. Denver's not. Clippers. May or may not. Uh, it sounds like they want to get together as a group and kind of rally. They're just coming off five games. Man, what a choke job last yesterday. Um, and then the Wolves. The, actually, the Wolves are worth talking about uh, because they've had some rotation tweaks. They're playing Chris Dunn a lot, and a lot of the. They, I think it was 38 minutes next to Rubio and 31 next to Tyus Jones in the last. So he's basically a shooting guard. Um, so what are your thoughts? I'm pretty high on Chris Dunn. Uh, not so much for this week, but for that five-game week, if you're in a weekly, pick him up now and then use him in your final. Um, anything yeah. you want to add on that? No, I mean, the minutes are trending up, and there's no reason to think that won't continue. Uh, Brandon Rush isn't exactly a threat to play big minutes down the stretch. Um, I would caution. I don't think Dunn is necessarily going to be as good as he was the last two games. Uh, Career-high 17 points against the Blazers, and then uh, 11 boards and a pretty full line. Or, I'm sorry, 11 points with a full line against the Lakers on Friday. So those are two terrible defenses, uh, fast-paced games. So take that with a grain of salt. And his, you know, he's been shooting terribly all year, but he's shot pretty well over the past three games. So I think there's reason to be a little bit skeptical. But, yeah, with that five-game week coming up um, and his minutes ramping up, he's a pretty decent ad. Yeah, that's huge. Like, five games for even a guy who's, you know, if he's, like, top 120 and he gets five games, he'll be, like, top 50 for that week uh, just because of pure volume. Like you said, he's he's shooting. And this, the thing that I've noticed is shot selection. Uh, he's getting a lot of fast break stuff. Uh, I think that they're kind of catering to his uh, to his strengths uh, and weaknesses more glaring. Uh, he cannot shoot the ball yet. So getting him shots at the rim and so forth. Um, I mean, guys like... Wesley Johnson's a great example. I think he only has two makes at the rim this entire month, um, which explains the 29% from the field. Um, yeah, anything else? Um, like Chicago, we can't even talk about their rotation. They change it every night. And Casey Johnson the other day tweeted, like, oh, Morrow had a good time in garbage time. Like, he'll probably play uh, like 30 minutes next game, which he didn't. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm avoiding the – you pretty much bench every bull except Jimmy Butler. For me. Yeah, I mean, I got a lot of questions about Miritich in the chat today. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's playable, but three games? Yeah, with three games, I mean, it's tough. He's been on fire the past three games, two 28-point explosions. Um, It's just, you know, if you've owned him before, you've been burned over and over and over. (laughs) But he doesn't have a tendency to finish seasons pretty strong. Um, You know, he's getting the opportunities... So he's, he's like a borderline guy. I'm not totally against playing him, but just know what you're getting yourself into. Yep, yeah, you will not. Of these three games, he'll probably have a great one, a bad one, and then like an indifferent one. Uh, good, bad, and ugly Nikola Mirotic. Uh, okay, so I uh, just want to talk about the lottery and what it means. Uh, a lot of teams have fully embraced this. The Suns are probably right at the top of the list. They've lost eight straight. Uh, it looked like they had the... It looked like they were going to be... When they were winning games, you know, they were hanging around that almost like it looked like they were going to be fifth or sixth, but now they've pretty much got at worst three for sure. Uh, and they could slide up to number two. They're only a half game behind the Lakers, who are also going to tank. Uh, we see Nick Young get rested. We'll probably see other guys get, obviously, uh, Dang, Mozgov, and so on. Uh, and then the other, the, the interesting race for me is four, five, six. And mm-hmm. these guys all have the same record 27 and 46. The Knicks. Sixers and Magic. 
Uh, so what's your? I mean, the Magic have have been winning games actually. They've been pretty decent. So, and I've been scared. We've talked about this for the past month. Uh, so and we've already talked about the Kings. So is is there any sort of new wave rest going on? We've seen Melo sit the last two. Uh, you and I, we we kind of bashed Vucevic. You had a big week, much uh, uh, against what we said. But as, is there like a new wave? You think of guys that are going to get shut down? We've mentioned Rubio as well. Yeah, yeah. Last week we were worried about Vucevic's Achilles. It flared up on him a couple times. Those injuries tend to linger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he made us look stupid by coming out <laughs> the next night and posting like a huge double double. Um, but yeah, I mean the Magic are playing to win. They're not, you know, Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel isn't resting his guys. He's putting out the best lineups that he think will give him a chance. I think they're just trying to develop some chemistry and cohesion going into the offseason. Um, Philly they, too. Brett, Brett Brown said he's proud of his team, the way that they're competing, uh, earning the respect of their opponents, putting themselves in a position to win. So you know, you compare them with the Knicks, who've lost five straight. They're just sliding mellow uh, down with that left knee soreness. Which, you know, you got to think he's a shutdown candidate. Mm. Has been the story um, all season, right? We, every yeah. since, since, like, October we've been talking about this, and here we are. Yeah, so I think the Knicks are the odds-on favorite to get that number four spot in the lottery. Yeah. Um, speak, let's talk 76ers really fast. Uh, one guy who I picked up in 30-man, uh, Sean Long. He's been good. Uh, two strong games in a row. Had his first career double-double, started the second half. On Friday, and he's been hot. He's played like three really strong halves. Uh, scored that career high eight. Actually, you could say he's played you know seven of eight have been pretty good, uh, or somewhere in that neighborhood. He's been a really good player. Or five of six. I mean, what are you doing here? Uh, I mean, if you're in a deep league, four games. Uh, it sounds like Okafor's probably done for the season. I think he's got twenty minutes locked up, and we've seen him put up value in twenty minutes. Pretty good rebounder. They want to get him involved. Brett Brown gave him props for going through the system, playing so much time in the D league. I'm actually debating starting him, man. Uh, I'm in my 30, man. I'm looking to start him or um, George Papagianis, uh, who both have four games. So, is there? Do you want to answer? I'll I'll give you a question. Who Who do you think you would start there? Uh, expectations on Long and anything else that you could take away from the Sixers? Hmm. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. Um, I guess I'd probably roll the dice on Sean Long just because I'm with you. I think Okafor is going to get shut down. Um, and Long's part of the reason why. They've got Rashawn Holmes playing well. They've got Long playing well, so why bother? Um, and Okafor himself said they're being super cautious with this knee, which just makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd see what Long could do. And, you know, 20, and if he gets minutes in the low 20s, I think he'll probably outproduce Papi yeah. in the, the same, same number of games. The only thing I'm concerned with is I'm kind of looking for a higher floor. So I know what I'm going to get out of Papa Giannis. Like, I'm, I'd say I'm pretty heavily favored to win. Uh, like, I just I smashed on the, in the last week. So I, I'm probably going to be just in case Okafor comes back, then I'd be hurt a little bit. So that's kind of the only case I have for him. Yeah, that makes sense. And again, I don't think most owners are going to be right. running out grab long. We're talking about a, a super deep league. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's definitely he's worth keeping But I mean, he, he's okay, though. I mean, let's, let me see. Do they have any back-to-backs mixed in there? They are... Yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday. That's big. So if you pick him up today and play him Tuesday, Wednesday, that's helpful. Uh, a lot of teams play him Wednesday, and then they go Friday, Sunday uh, on a very yeah. heavy Sunday. So really, that I'm, I'm down with that, man. Pick him up today, play him Tuesday, Wednesday, and then cut him. I, I think that's a viable, even in a 12-man, I think that's a viable strategy for sure. Well, 
One thing I'll mention about the the days of the week thing, uh, we talked about all those ga- uh, teams with three games, and of them, you've got the Bulls, Clippers, and Blazers. They all play on Thursday and Saturday. Yeah, those that's a great the, point. The lightest days of the week this week. Saturday, there's five games, I think four or five on Thursday. Um, so midweek, if you're looking for someone who could help you out on those slow nights, uh, give those teams a look. That's a great point. Um, yeah, and we talk about this all the time on the pod is – yeah, check out which, which day. Look at your team right now. You're going to probably be full on Sunday. You're probably going to be pretty full on Wednesday and Friday, uh, depending on how deep your bench is. Obviously, the shallower the bench, the less likely. But, um, yeah, um, definitely check that out. So, uh, moving along here, we're just going to kind of run through injuries, expectations, what we kind of know. We're going to start with Boogie Cousins, who did not play Sunday with that ankle sprain. I think he messed it up with... Ryan Anderson is also out of while. We really don't need to analyze that. Uh, Lou Williams, play him. Play Gordon more so. Uh, Pat Beverly is a, is a G these days. But um, what about Boogie? Uh, is four games, how confident are you in playing him? I mean, it's DeMarcus Cousins. They are falling out of it, though, which scares me. And, like, I'm I'm an alarmist, man. I mean, when, when things are, could go bad, I tend to run away. So mm-hmm. what are your thoughts there? I mean, they're dead in the water. They're basically four games out with only two weeks to play. I mean, they need a miracle. Yeah, if you're still, you know, in a playoff league, head-to-head matchup, this week is like a case study in why setting daily lineups can be much better than weekly because yeah. there's just so many guys you're just speculating. Like, we don't, you know, we don't know if he's going to play tonight or... Uh, I-, I could say one thing. I'm pretty sure he's going to play versus the Kings on Friday. <laughs> yeah. Um... But, yeah, I mean, even if he sits tonight, he's still got three more games. Uh, he was limping. He shot around during halftime last night and had a noticeable limp, but who knows what that means. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm actually surprisingly comfortable starting Cousins this week. I don't Same. think he's going to be shut down. Yeah, I'm actually more comfortable starting him than, like, Rubio or Vooch or any of those guys. Like I, like you said, the schedule, the way it works out, there's a lot of incentive for him to play, and they're not dead yet, and... They really want to go into the offseason. You know, they invested a lot. I mean, Buddy Heald is, which is, he's actually been pretty good lately. We should probably talk about him. Um, they've invested a lot to get Cousins and his quote-unquote baggage. But, um, yeah, I'm pretty confident I would start Cousins. Do you own Cousins anywhere? I don't. Actually, I do, but I was eliminated in that one. Uh, I have him in one league where I'm in the finals against our colleague, Jared. Nice. Uh, so I'm just hoping that he – I have Hayward in that league too, so I'm hoping to get two games out of them tonight. Yeah, I have Millsap. Let's talk about him next. Ugh, um, frustrating. He had swelling yesterday. He's missed the last five games. They lost them all. Um, Millsap MVP, by the way. Uh, but <laughs> what uh, – I – I'm so close to cutting him, man, because uh, he's going to miss at least one more. So he's down to three games already. I mean, it really depends. I mean, if your team, like, I, I have him on my team now, but I'm, I'd probably say there's an 80% chance I'm cutting him by like Wednesday. Like, I do not like having Millsap right now. It stinks. Um, it, I, what do? You, how many games do you think he plays this week? Uh, and then we'll talk about the fallout from that. Uh, it's tough to say, but I mean, anytime a guy is ruled out a day in advance, yeah. uh, which he has been already ruled out for Tuesday, it's just not a good, not a good look. Um, very concerning. He's dealing with knee tightness. He's also got swelling. Um, he's gonna have missed six straight games. I, you just you can't start him with confidence at all in weekly lineups. And in terms of holding him, I I guess 
if you can, just hold him for another day or two, hope for a positive update. But yeah, I got my finger on the trigger with Millsap. Yeah, they and honestly, they're falling out. They're almost out of the playoff race, man. Yeah, the two games up on number eight. So. Yeah, and the Bulls are right on right on their heels at nine for a half game behind that. Like, and they they were they were in the four spot. They were hanging in that four spot for a while. But um, the Wizards getting hot, and it's crazy that the Celtics, Wizards, and Raptors, who all have, uh, at least as of Saturday, they all had the easiest schedules in the NBA um, based on home court and opponent. Um, and they're thriving right now. Uh, four straight for the Celtics, three for the Wizards, five for the Raptors, who are just killing it, which brings us to our next topic. Man, I did that two times I've had beautiful segues. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm doing that. That's uh, Kyle Lowry getting shots up. Uh, you can't play him this week, obviously. Uh, and him and Durant are basically the same kind of player. They're both doing on-court work. They're both coming along. They're both going to be in the playoffs. They're both going to have kind of home court. Obviously, the I would say the Raptors have home court locked up for the first round. So, yeah. of of the two, if, would you rather have someone stashed? Uh, we've, we've seen that Durant's going to have a minute restriction upon his return. So, of the two, would you rather have a preference? And Obviously, Durant's the, the man. Durant's number one per game. So uh, I'll I'll go first. I'll say I'd rather have Durant. Um, I, I, he's doing full sprints. He's coming along. They want to get him warmed up. I'd rather have twenty minutes out of Durant than forty minutes out of like almost anyone else. So uh, yeah, I I would take I would pick up KD first. But uh, I'm not opposed to stashing Lowry either, especially weekly. Yeah, and obviously both these guys are better in roto with game limits and so forth. But uh, just just a straight call between the two. I'm with you. I'm going Durant. He's got higher upside. Uh, the Spurs are keeping the pressure on the Warriors, so they're going to need to get wins. They're only two and a half games up. Um, whereas the Hawk, or I'm sorry, the Raptors are sitting there. They're in no danger of losing home court advantage in the first round. They're seven games up on the Hawks. And I'm not even convinced that they'd want to catch the Wizards at number three, because that would mean a matchup with the Bucks, who've been red hot lately, yeah. as opposed to the Hawks, who, as we discussed, are, have been terrible. <laughs> um, so yeah, well, they may flip yeah. it though. I mean, I think the Hawks, the Hawks, were, were the Hawks are going to probably finish like eighth, man. If that, like, they're bad right now. They're terrible. They just lost yeah, by the, like they got their ass kicked by the Nets on Sunday. Yeah, I was going to say the one thing that helps them is they have a, a weak schedule, or, uh, weak opponents this week. They've got yeah. the Suns, the Sixers, the Bulls, and the Nets again. Um, so they have a chance to to kind of rally back, but based on their play lately, I'm not not convinced. Yeah, we forgot to talk about Tareem Prince, by the way, who we pimped last week. And he, I would call him disappointing. Sunday was kind of a saving grace, I would say. Yeah. Uh, what are we doing here? Uh, I like Tareem Prince. He's going to start again, it sounds like. Uh, four games. I like him a lot. Uh, I would be, I'd rather start him over a lot of these other fringe guys. Like, I'd start him over Rubio in a vacuum. Start him over Mello. I'd start him over a lot of guys. I'm pretty sold on Tareem Prince for this week. Yeah, with Cephalosha and Bazemore out, I think he's a great player. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so, moving on here. We got... Um, let's talk some Suns. We, we, this is a horse we've beaten to death. Um, we've got to get actually new bats and stuff. They're worn out from beating this dead horse so much. But um, Dragon Bender is a new guy I wanted to talk about because we've seen actually Jared Dudley turn in some value. Had matched his career high in assists in the Devin Booker 70-point game. But Bender's coming along. He's shooting the pregame. He's getting there. So I think that, for me, uh, you know, some people, you may see Dudley. He's like, okay, cool, four games. I'm in a 16-team league. I need someone who can hit some threes. Dudley's an option for you. I would probably call it. I'd say there's a decent chance. And when you're rolling the dice on someone like Jared Dudley on a tanking team, there's risk there. But uh, Alan Williams also had a great weekend. Had a bad Monday through Friday or Thursday. Was sick. Had a bad game. 
after he returned. Um, so what are you what are you feeling on Suns? Obviously, you're going to start Booker. You're going to uh, Tyler Ewis couldn't hit shots, but I still like him a lot this week uh, with four games. Uh, TJ Warren also had a massive game, double double, twenty four pointer, two steals, crazy usage. Um, so yeah, Ewis, Booker, Allen Williams. And Warren look like rock solid plays, and I would even throw Alex Len in there, who's been solid, who had a good week as well. You know, he footed with a double double, had his good share of blocks. So there's some good value with the Suns, but after that, it's dicey. Yeah, the only caveat that I'll add there is um, you gotta beware the percentages with a lot of these Suns because yeah. you got Allen Williams, who's destroying your your free throw percentage, uh, taking 4.3 attempts over the past two weeks and shooting under 58. percent uh, then you got Booker, who, of course, had that huge 70-point game. You're going to start him. But in the past two weeks, he's shooting 36.2% on 23 attempts <laughs> per game. So you're you're not winning if you've got him on your team, especially if you also have Tyler Eulis, who's shooting 34.5%. So just guys who have the potential to tank percentages for you. So uh, just something to be aware of. Yeah, Eulis, he, like, when he was first coming along, and this is what impressed me, his... Five feet to fifteen foot game was killer, like it, it was elite, like Chris Paul style. But now I think teams kind of realize that okay, we could cover this differently, cut off the pocket yeah. passes, and defend him with a big coming out more and things like that. So yeah, he's gonna he's gonna kill you there for sure. But I expect him to be like a fourteen and a ten guy. So if he, and probably close to two steals. So yeah, if you're gonna like you said, and then Booker's Booker's volume is just crazy. Um, which is good. By the way, it's going to come down with Warren back now. So it won't be as bad, and that may help his shot selection. And also, I like that he's been passing the ball better, too. Uh, he had a, some really nice assists over the weekend, a couple in particular against the Hornets. Um, so, yeah, a lot of, lots of like, but, yeah, they are not – they're and they're fast. You love that. Okay, so let's talk – we talked about the Kings quite a bit. Uh, again, huge win yesterday. Um, Buddy Heald was kind of the hero yesterday. He had six points in eight actual seconds, uh, kind of Reggie Miller style. But disappointment for Scalabissier, fouled out. Uh, one of seven from the field. I mean, it couldn't have gone worse, really. So, uh, how do we feel about Scal this week? Four games, they're resting guys. They're kind of going the alternate. Um, Ty Lawson's dinged up now um, with with the knee soreness. So, who? Like I said, I'm kind of a fan of Papa Giannis. He's going to get minutes. I think he's good for a block and change a week. I think he's good for 11, 12 points. Probably be decent percentages. He has seven boards, and he had a four assist game yesterday too. So. I, I like Papa Giannis. Um, I think he can be you know, top 120, 120 guy this week. If maybe even better than that with a high floor. Um, so who, what are you taking away from it? And also Willie Cauley Stein had a big rebounding game, uh, who was kind of down coming in, and yeah, he killed actually. Um, yeah. So what are we doing here for Kings? And then Buddy Hill also has been good, man. Um, had the career, had a career high in points, rebounds, and dimes uh, against the Warriors on Friday or Saturday, whatever it was. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're not playing Collison. We're not playing. We're not playing anybody than other guys I mentioned. What, what are yep. your thoughts um, on? Yeah, what are your com- thoughts completely on? with you. I think the the risk of DMPs makes it impossible to play Collison this week. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as Scal's terrible Sunday, I'm not too worried about that. He's been shooting terrifically all month. Uh, the minutes have been there. He just he got into terrible foul trouble. Shot one of seven, which is his worst shooting game of the season, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think he's fine. He's a nice option. I'd probably rank them Cauley Stein, then Scal, then uh, Papa Giannis. Yeah. And, yeah, I think they're all viable plays, although one one thing that must be mentioned is they have a terrible schedule for fantasy. They play the Grizzlies tonight. 
then they get the Jazz at home on Wednesday. Then they face the Pelicans and the and the Timberwolves. So the last two aren't terrible, but the Grizzlies and Jazz one-two punch to start the week is going to be rough. And the Wolves have been better, especially interior-wise. Yes. Uh, they shut a lot of big men down, which we talked about on the DFS podcast. Plug, listen to it on Wednesday. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I agree with everything you said too. Um, but what about Heald though? Like, is he? Oh yeah, he's been playing. Really yeah, well. he's been playing really well. A guy who we, all of us, were like, oh, the Kings are dumb. Heald's been good, man. Uh, they're giving him a lot of offensive freedom, um, creating plays. Uh, he was terrible for the first three quarters, but really came on in the fourth and mentioned those two threes in eight seconds. Um, so yeah, anything you want to add there? No, I mean he had back-to-back twenty-point games. He's yeah, he's just kind of thriving, and obviously they're gonna let him run wild. So yeah. he's a great guy to own down the stretch. Definitely, minutes aren't as high as I thought they'd be. Only played twenty-three yesterday, but they were big twenty-three minutes, especially late. Okay, so moving along here, we have uh, let's talk just quickly. Uh, we beat this horse last week too, Ishmith. Uh, I'm just avoiding it, dude. I don't even want to play either of these guys, Ishmith or Reggie Jackson. Just. I, I'm down with this cuttingness. This is just not like, like, like the bull situation. Like I'll figure something else out. Um, nope. Yep. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. When you first got named the starter, you know, kind of an interesting pickup. Grab him, yeah. see what happens. But uh, these past two games have been horrible, and he's still just splitting minutes. It's really not even a better position than when he was coming off the bench. So uh, yeah, I'm with you. Just avoid them both if you can. Yep. So just move on, I guess. Um, talk about some nets. KJ McDaniel. So you picked up in the thirty man. Uh, and I'm jealous of, of that fact. Uh, I, I'm Mr. KJ. Uh, I kind of picked him to break out last year in his rookie season. But, um, dude, he's been good. And I am fully on board for start KJ over Foy. And I think it's coming. Um, this is kind of like Levert 2.0. Where it's like, dude, just start him already. Uh, they have the option of uh, they could let him go and sign him, make him a restricted free agent. So it matters what they see out of him. So I think they want to play this guy. Yeah. So he's he's a sneaky guy. This guy can block a ton of shots. Had a beautiful block on on Dwight yesterday, uh, and then also yeah, it, that, I love the Nets. Like they're just so much fun. Um, so other <laughs> takeaways, Le- I, I'd probably rather own KJ over Lavert because I mean we know uh, Lavert's going to be limited with minutes, um, and also Jeremy Lin too. Jeremy Lin had a great game yesterday and a big win against the Hawks. Although Schroeder does get roasted a lot. So what what are your takeaways from the Nets, guys? That you're confident in starting uh, again the tanking factor. It's and like we, you and I talked yesterday, like it feels like Brooks like, hey, play me. I want to play right now. I've gone through this garbage all season. I want to play. I want to play. We suck, but I want to play. Like I feel like he's putting it on them. So I'm okay starting Brook. What are you? What are your thoughts on this whole Nets situation? Yeah, he's earned the right to play, and obviously, as everyone knows, the Nets pick is going to the Celtics, so they have no incentive to intentionally lose as many games as they can, Um, which is why I think we're seeing Jeremy Lin stay on the court, uh, Brooke Lopez, Trevor Booker still playing. Uh, You know, if they they had their own pick, they'd be racking up DMPs left and right. Yeah, well, I mean, it doesn't Um, even matter at this point. I mean, they've got that thing locked down. they got a five-game lead. That's true, but yeah, it's um, it's crazy. Like like to your point, it would have probably happened earlier. Like they would have like Brooke would have been sitting a lot more earlier. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. And uh, as, as far as KJ, yeah, I think he's looking really good. He scored double digit points in four straight games, and the key with him is he's hitting three pointers. He'll give you defensive stats. So even if you know he shoots two of seven one game, he's still probably going to help you in three to four categories, um, and he's knocking down his free throws. So, as long as his minutes stay in the mid-20 range, I think he's a viable 12-team guy. 
Beautiful shot selection. I, I love this guy's shots. Like, last year, he would settle for that 15, 18-footer all the time. Like, dude, what are you doing? Stop doing that. And Dario has done that a lot recently, which kind of explains his down-shooting game on Sunday. Anyway, um, yeah, you mentioned the free throws, man. 89% this year. That's freaking amazing. Uh, and he's going to line more. Uh, he's made his last eight attempts. Uh, looks great. Double digits for yeah. four straight. I, I love KJ. Like, and I think his minutes are coming up, man. I think he's going to hit, like, 27 minutes a game, so... There's yeah. risk involved, but uh, let's actually look at their schedule real fast when they're. And I think you mentioned that the Nets have a three point five million dollar team option, so they yeah. have plenty. You know that just gives them even more reason to throw them out there and see what he can do. Yeah, they have a their Tuesday, Thursday, and then Saturday, Sunday. So if you want to leave KJ, yeah, if you want to leave KJ around, and when it's time to pick guys up on Friday night, Saturday morning, whatever your team does. That's nice, and it's against the Magic and against Atlanta. So we saw him do work against Atlanta. So, yeah, KJ late in the week, man. Uh, definitely a guy you want to, want to sneak in there. Uh, anything else? Now? And how, how, how confident are you with starting Lynn? I uh, mentioned that back-to-back late, and they are home. They're home over the weekend. So Saturday, Sunday are home-home. They have Thursday on the road, and then Tuesday is we're at home. So only one road game. Yeah. Lynn, uh, I'm just too leery of Lynn. I mean, I haven't owned him anywhere yeah. all season, so that sort of makes it easy for me to say. <laughs> but um, I try to avoid him. He's only playing minutes in the, like the 22 to 24 range, and with that back-to-back, he might only play three games. So I think you could probably do better on the wire with some of the guys we've been discussing. Yeah, I'm, I'm with. I'm, and like you're in. Like Mar- I, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, oh no! Like I'd rather play Torian Prince. Yeah. Or, you know. Yeah, he's definitely in the the questionable play range, and like, you're like me, man. When when you doubt, you run. Like I just like, all right, I'll do something else. You know, you shouldn't have, and it stinks. Like when it works the other way, but like when you doubt yourself and you set your lineup, and it and the doubt comes true, that sucks. Like, yeah. it, it's so bad. And as a matter of fact, for the the thirty man, like I was. I was trying to. Th- this is in the semi, uh, the semifinals, and I was like, I don't know if I want to start Kufus. I feel like they're gonna rest him, and like, oh, first game right off the bat, damn rest. It's like, oh no, <laughs> I just yeah. lost it. I was so real. Like that Monday, I was so mad. I was. It's just when the doubt comes true. Like, and Steve and I have talked about this, and then, like the fantasy nightmare is dropping a guy that you didn't want to drop, and then having him being used against you in the playoffs. Oh god, <laughs> that, yeah. that's. That stuff, like, haunts my dreams, man. And actually, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, I, I guess I, I tend to get more and more conservative as the season comes to a close. Yeah, um, yeah same. You know, if, if it's do or die this week and, you know, it's all on the line for a championship, why roll the dice on Paul Millsap? Like, yeah. assur- assuredly, you could find someone who can produce in value or stream that spot or, do, you know, there's there's other options rather than just gambling it all on the health of a veteran's ailing knee. Yeah, and the waiver wire is usually pretty fire, too, because not as many teams are on there. Yep, yeah, teams exactly. teams are knocked out, so there's just more depth to it. So, yeah, it's like if you're in a weak league, there's no way I'm starting Palma. I'd start Papa Giannis. I'd start any, any of these scrubs we've been talking about. Um, Buddy Heald, you name you, and Literally everyone we named in this podcast that we like, I would play. Anyone like I would almost rather start Dragon Bender over Millsap right now. <laughs> go there, right, right. Okay. I see your point. Yeah. <laughs> what about uh, would you, would you say the same thing for uh, Marcus All? Ooh, no, I wouldn't say the same. Uh, like we said, they have something invested for their postseason uh, with seating and stuff, and they're with how well the 
Blazers, I mean, it's still a stretch to say that they're going to move up. But, I mean, the Blazers are on fire right now. Uh, I don't think it's crazy to think they can catch that five-game lead with the Grizzlies losing three in a row and the uh, Blazers, what, they've won, like, I want to say seven of their last eight, something along those lines. They've won three straight. Um, but, yeah, I think you're going to get at least two out of, Mills, uh, out of Gasol. Yeah, I'd be much more comfortable starting him, obviously, than Millsap. And yeah. In, in general, I think he's okay to roll the dice on. Same with yeah. Cousins, sort yeah. of similar situation. But, yeah, how, well, if I set the over-under at two and a half, what would you take for Millsap? I'm sorry, for Gasol's games. Who would I take? Sorry? For, no, for uh, how many... If I set the over-under for Gasol playing two and a half games... Oh, so I do you think he's playing three, or do you think he's playing two, basically? Uh, I'll, I'll gamble and say three. I yeah. think they're going to try, try to get him out there as soon as they can. I think so, too. I mean, this team needs to... And they've mentioned it, too. Fisdale's like, yeah, our team's not playing well. They want to develop chemistry. Same for the Clippers, uh, who've kind of... Uh, I think they're pretty... Actually, they're not that safe, the, the Thunder right behind them. Uh, okay, so let's see here. We got uh, Okafor we kind of hit on. Uh, Bohan we really don't need to talk about too much. Uh, Marcin Gortat, by the way, can't play him these days, man. Uh, I'd rather start Papa Giannis over, over yeah, Gortat right I, now. What, what, what is going on there, do you think? <laughs> they, their center lineups have been good. They had that, that, that lineup that killed the Cavs was Wall, Beal, Mar- uh, Morris at the 5, Ubre and Porter. Smash. I think they had a plus 68 net rating in 7 minutes. Uh, that And that lineup's been really good. And Ubre, by the way, what a game from him. Um, uh, uh, easily, it wasn't his career high scoring, but easily the best game I've ever seen him play. So yeah, they are going small a lot. And Scott Brooks has found it. He's, he was very anti-small earlier uh, in his career with the Thunder, but... Yeah, uh, I think that's the key, and it stinks. Yeah. Like, they're not you can't take minutes from Porter, and then even this Uber development is going to hurt him even more. So yeah, I'm not like, Gortat's droppable, easy. Yeah, it hasn't helped that Jan Mahimi is playing very well off the bench, and yeah. I'd rather start Mahimi right now than Gortat for. Like, oh, for I wouldn't. Real. I wouldn't go that far. But like I said, I'd rather start any like anybody else. Dragon Bender, no. Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's he's not. Gortat has been garbage. I mean, forty-one so percent from the free throw line over the past twelve games. Uh, he's just doing nothing. He has zero steals in the past twelve games. Uh, two blocks. Yeah, that's how, not how do you start that? That's yeah, terrible. You cannot. Yeah, I'm surprised people even have him. Like he's been, he was so good for like sixty-five games. But like, yeah. this has got to be one of the sharpest fantasy declines I've seen in a long time, man. This is like yeah. This is like reverse Trevor Reza for the past like who by the way um, ridiculous yesterday. What uh, him and Lou Williams think they had a hundred and two effective field goal percentage for their fifty five points. Like James and quickly an MVP. Uh, I got hard and firm. Uh, I I love Kawhi. I think that LeBron and the Cavs. Who by the way they're dead last in defensive rating in the last uh, fourteen games. Dead freaking last. Actually, the the, uh, the Lakers may have passed them, but as of Saturday, they were when they lost. Um, where are you at on MVP? Yeah, I think Harden is easily. The yeah, pick. I'm surprised it's gotten so much like, oh, it's such a tough call. Is it though? It's not. No. I mean, and I, I'm still at a point from NBA TV. Like, he has more help. Does he? Like, Ryan Anderson was not good last year. Eric Gordon was not good last year. Clint Capella has been awesome this year. What's the commonality? Like it's Harden, so like he makes players better. Like it's okay, he has better talent because he makes them better. So yeah, it's not even close. I'm surprised I've seen. It's like it's like the Dario thing. Like 
It's Darius. Darius Sarge is the MB, is the rookie of the year. Period. There's no case to be made otherwise. I don't get it. Yeah. Are you with me on Dario too? Yeah, I think both he and Harden have sort of pulled away over the past month, and yeah. it's it's hard to make an argument for any other rookie, really. For sure. Okay, so we only got a few questions from you guys, uh, so I'm assuming you guys are crushing it in, in your finals and stuff. You got it all figured out. Uh, good question from Ben. He's asking Josh Richardson, KJ McDaniels, or TJ McConnell for his finer utility with overall value. So all these guys play four games. That's a great question. Uh, we didn't talk too much Dion Waiters. I get the sense he's out for the whole week. And I'm a J-Rich guy through and through, as much as he's been disappointing. So I would probably lean J-Rich there. Um, but I do like KJ. Like we said, that late week is going to be really valuable. And TJ's, uh, they've gone through much to Dario that TJ's kind of lost some value. So uh, I would go, I wouldn't say firm J-Rich, but pretty comfortable J-Rich. I'm going to actually go a different direction here. I, I, you know, I, I also like J-Rich as we've spoken about in numerous other podcasts. Uh, we just went over KJ. I think he's a fine option. But I really like McConnell. He's been a mid-round value for months. You know what you're going to get. Yeah. Uh, safe plays, percentages have been great lately. Um, really picking his spots. The Over two steals per game uh, past few weeks. So I'm just going to take him and sort of have a known commodity and yep. um, hope for the best. Yeah, I like the mystery box. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, always, I always like the mystery box. Uh, 30, 36 minutes a game is last three. Um, and See, I can't do that in the, fi- in the, yeah. in the championship week, though. I, I'll just take the safe top 75. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm with you, too. I mean, it, And obviously, this is all... And this comes back to the point we've mentioned for weeks now. Look at your opponent. Like, Figure out yeah. how much do you value assists here. Who, By the way, Josh Richardson had five assists in his last game. Um, and his assists have been climbing, so... Um, but yeah, he's yeah. It's it's a coin flip. Like if you went to mystery box, do you, if you're a mystery box guy like me, do you think you would go Richardson or do you think you would go? I'm, I'm mystery box man. I, I go Jay Richardson. Yeah. His minutes have been huge. Yeah, he can get it done across the board. Yeah, uh, I love the defensive stats. I, he's had two blocks in each of the last two. He had a three block game five games ago. I love that. Guards and blocks have been just awesome. Uh, Chris Dunn and Whitehead have been doing some things for rookie guards. Okay, so JYP is asking this week Terrence Ross or uh, Cantavius Caldwell Pope will do a two part. I I hate KCP right now, but uh, they're like the same player. I guess I would take KCP because he's less likely to burn you, which is saying something. But it's flip a coin, man. Um, yeah, I guess KCP. I'm not a fan of either of these guys right now. Yeah, um, but exact same opinion. I'd probably lean slightly toward Ross, but they're as you said, they're basically the same guy. They're gonna probably kill you in field goal percentage uh chip in some threes not really helping you anywhere else yeah i think if you want if you're looking at scoring i'd i think terrence ross scores more points i think kcp does a little bit of everything else more so i don't know but yeah, yeah it's they're basically I, I i'd rather start papa Giannis again uh and he's also asking zubats or holmes uh we've seen holmes who came into the week on fire jaleel for her he's lost some a little bit of his, of his luster here with Sean Long playing so well. Uh, and Zubats has been, I mean, okay, if you factor in that he hasn't shot the free throw well, he's been a mid-round guy, which is fine for a pickup. Um, so who do you want there? I, I'm firm Zubats on this one. Uh, I, I have more faith in him. I'm worried about Sean Long impacting home, so I'll take the guy with more playing time going his way. All right, we're disagreeing more yeah. than a little here. I'm going to go with uh, with Rashawn Holmes. He's, he's averaging 30 minutes over the past two games, coming off a double-double. Um, especially with Okafor looking like he's shot. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to stick with Holmes, I think. 
Yeah, maybe I'm just. But it's caught. it's not like a clear cut. One yeah, or the other. I think you could, you could make an argument either way. Either way, yeah, and I think that, um, like you said, the you know Holmes is going to get what he's going to get. Like he's going to be a twelve and eight, one point three block, maybe a half a three guy. Where Zubats could either be a seven and four or a eighteen and nine and two <laughs> yeah. blocks, like. Uh, and yeah, mystery box, dude. Um, so yeah, figure it out. Figure out what you want to do. Um, just like who your opponent. Like if you're gonna, if you think you're gonna smash your opponent, play Holmes. Um, don't take the mystery box. But if you're going against a good team, and you should be if you're in the championship. Uh, so Janos is asking who should he start in a ten man for the finals? Gary Harris for four games or Jeremy Lin? That seems like I'm sorry, Gary Harris for three games or four games for Jeremy Lin? That's a good. Uh-huh. That's a really good one. Oh, I read that. that I read it as Tobias Harris. Yeah, yeah. Sorry <laughs> um, about that. In, in which case, I was like, "Ooh, that's tough." Um, it's still tough. And I'd still probably go with Tobias. I think because yeah. I think you're only going to get three games at a Lin anyway with that back to back. You know, I'm just speculating, obviously. And with the minutes in the low twenties, I'm not in love with Lin. Um, so I probably, I mean, I definitely go with Gary Harris, and I would yeah. probably go with Tobias Harris. Yeah, I'm the same way. Um, we didn't talk about the Nuggets too much. Um, which we should super fast before we get out of here, because uh, they're healthy now and they obviously have a lot to play with, the, a lot to play for. Uh, coming off a loss on Sunday, really one of their worst offensive games. That was one, when was the last time they didn't score 100 points? It was a long time ago. I think it was. Oh, there we go. Um, yeah, Memphis. First time this month they didn't score 100. Mm. Um, and their offense has just been clicking. Um, what's up with that? I mean, we saw Mason Plumlee's pretty much been straight center. They played Fareed straight four. So how do we feel about these guys uh, going into it with three games? I mean, obviously you're starting Jokic. I don't know if I would start Gallo, uh, who's been okay. Uh, I don't know if I would start Chandler. I, I think I would start. I would probably rank them: Jokic, Harris, um, Gallo, Chandler, Nelson, Fareed, Plumley, and then Murray Barton. I mean, I don't know anything you agree with or don't agree with there. Uh, yeah, something like that. It was it was easier when Gallo and Chandler were yeah. out. And were, you know, minutes weren't getting spread so so far and wide. Um, and especially, I mean, that Pelicans game, the rotation just kind of blew up uh, once the score got out of hand. So kind of tossed that one out. But it's tough to rely on these guys, especially with uh, – they have three games, right, the Nuggets yep. were saying? Yeah. So, I, I mean, obviously, Jokic, I, I'd probably lean towards starting Gallo. It depends what your alternatives are, but I'd, I'd throw out that game versus New Orleans for yeah. evaluation purposes. Right, but um, I'm just saying that the minutes the minutes issue are, is, is the problem. I mean, there's – because earlier they were going – they would play Jamal Murray at the two a little bit. They would play Barton at the three a little bit, and now they can't do that. Um, they've been playing more Bar- – they played Murray straight straight one. They played mm-hmm. Barton almost straight two. Um and they played Chandler almost straight four, which has cut Fareed down. And they played Plumlee straight five, pretty much. So no more multiple position stuff. Like, that hurts yeah. so much. Yeah, um, Barton's decimated. Yeah, um, he's hard. You know, he, he went from being an easy guy to start to suddenly, nope, just send him back to the scrap heap. Yep, that was it. Um, like, right be- I remember we had a pod where we bet Jonas and I bashed Will Barton. Like, he's like, dude, cut him right now. He's garbage. Then Gallo gets hurt the next day, and then Barnes the man. <laughs> now, <laughs> yep, yep. now he's back to where he is. Just cut him. Like, 
But yeah. yeah, especially I mean, you can't think about oh, but he helped me so much yeah. two weeks ago. It's who cares? He's his position right now is not viable for fantasy, so just move on and find someone who is. No loyalty, man. Us fantasy owners, the, gotta be ruthless. Yeah, I feel like the the less loyal you are, the 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 better you are as a fantasy owner. And also, uh, are you a homer guy? You don't really go homer mode in fantasy, right? No, no, no. We no. don't. You're uh, you need to get Seattle a team, by the way. Yeah, I always wonder how I'll feel about that. Doesn't I don't think it'll feel the same because I just hanker for those mid '90s uh, Sonics lineups. Right? Uh, do you hear that the Raiders are going to Las Vegas? Are they going to Vegas? I <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, oh boy! Yeah, they are. Be fun. It's crazy. I mean, all the all the NFL teams. It, it's like I couldn't imagine. There's been so many NBA stories for guys just uh, teams change like almost changing locations. The Bucks were close. The Kings were yeah. on the one yard line, quote unquote. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. Did the did the NFL owners vote on the thirty one to one. Oh boy. Yeah. Okay, they did. Yeah, Miami was the only team that voted no. Wow. So yeah, it's going down. But uh, yeah, it's crazy. I don't I don't see any did the, the amount of arenas that are being built these days it's just crazy. Uh the what, the Pistons are getting a new one, the obviously the Bucks are getting a new one, the Warriors are getting a new one. Kings just got a new one. Like, if you're playing in an old stadium or marina, like, it's, like, obviously, MSG is awesome. But, uh, like, the, the amount of new arenas right now is ridiculous. Yeah, time to, time to hit up the taxpayers if you're playing in, a, <laughs> in an arena that's more than 10 years old. Yeah, exactly. All right, so we're going to get out of here on that. Uh, awesome episode. Sorry I cut you off, like, eight or nine times, man. Uh, and you guys enjoy the if you guys enjoy the rest of you, you want to cut me off one time? Like I'm talking right now, you can cut me off. Cut me off. Sure, yeah, bye right. Mike. <laughs> Alright, thanks guys, have a good one.